All right, everyone. Welcome to the Concession Stand Podcast, Episode 3, Shaun of the Dead. We're doing wild, crazy things here on this podcast, and we're talking about things we like. And this week, it's movies. And it's one of my favorite movies, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, crazy. And they spell my name wrong, which I don't hold the grudge against yeah. it. I think it's fine. Or maybe that I was, that was that's literally that. yeah yeah is my that, my, fir- my first note is Sean how mad are you that you've been spelling your name wrong all these years <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it had to be written down it's on record somewhere yeah oh yep. my god that's funny um I'm your host Sean the Sean 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 you see Twitter up there if you don't follow me or anything like that and you'd like to uh, and then you guys Jared who are you my name is Jer on air. Uh, I am a variety streamer on YouTube and uh, just uh, otherwise normal human being. Uh, but you can follow me on pretty much all social platforms at at Jaron Air. I'm most active on Twitter. I'm a big, I'm a big old tweeter. Um, and then I just, I just started a a letterbox today since we're doing a, a movie podcast. So mm. you can find my profile there, Jaron Air on Letterbox. So see all my reviews. Some of them are very old. I got over 150 movies on there, and I started that letterbox like I don't know, like four years ago or something like that. And I mm. I've never written a review. It's not I don't really. It's not really my bag. I mm. just kind of rate them and then keep going. But yeah, hop on in there. I was gonna say if you wrote reviews, that'd be interesting because it'd be fun to revisit some. Like even just in four years, I know that's gonna be a big thing we kind of touch on as we go through some of these movies again. But like even looking at movie reviews from just that short amount of time. But I think. Especially when we dive into ones that like are from like oh I saw this fifteen years ago and loved it like how much has changed so that would have been I interesting I got, but I, I got scared because like the one thing about Letterboxd is that group of folks can get real intense real fast mm-hmm. and so I think I was worried about like writing a review and then just like waking up to some dude being like. I'm going to murder your whole family because <laughs> you don't like the hateful eight and it's Tarantino's best work, which it absolutely isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, ah, I'm good. There's enough for me. There's some interesting realms of letterbox. That's like, I used it as, um, as just a way to like, remember what I've seen. And like, yeah. I, like mm-hmm. Micah, I know that you have your Excel sheet that you do and whatnot. And so like, this was kind of like, this will do that for me. I can put the date and log all that stuff, you know? And so, but yeah, I never really got into the like reviewing. I know people use it in like troll kind of ways now with like, Oh, uh, like one of the film podcasts I follow, they'll just make like these crazy lists that are just like, it's super specific and detailed, but there are like three movies with like walking Phoenix or something that fit this very long uh, list title or something like that but um but mike i did put your letterbox in the info as well mine is also in there so uh i haven't used it. yeah i, know, I, probably... I made my I, I made it when you and brian were using it a bunch mm-hmm. and i think i used it for about three weeks mm-hmm. and then i stopped and this week we're doing uh one of my favorite movies i mean i'm not gonna say it's not your guys's uh favorite or anything of that nature but it's Hold on, I gotta put dark mode on because this is killing me. Oh, that's so much better. <laughs> God. Um, one of my favorite movies that uh, the people in, again, I'm gonna plug the Discord. People in our Discord voted for. I put four movies in 
and they chose Shaun of the Dead. So this week we're talking about Shaun of the Dead, uh, which is one of my favorites, obviously. So we're going to jump into it. This movie was written and directed by Edgar Wright, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. The synopsis, and I found the synopsis, I was going to try to be better about this because Skog mentioned I should be a little bit more descriptive for some of these. And we're jumping right into spoilers, so people that are worried about spoilers, we're going to be just... Right away, I'm spoiling the shit out of this, so... Uh, <laughs> You've been warned, I guess. I don't know. All right. The IMDb synopsis I pulled was life isn't too good for Sean. He lives with his best friend, Ed, neglects his girlfriend, Liz, and despises his stepdad, Philip. When Liz dumps Sean, he vows to get his life back on track. Unfortunately, this is the day that the dead has decided to come back to life. With a cricket bat and Ed by his side, Sean sets out to rescue those he loves and those he doesn't love and heads to the Winchester. So... Obviously, this is one of my favorite movies. I want to say, I'm going to just say, I think Edgar Wright changed my expectations for movies after seeing Shaun of the Dead because he he could make the... I, that's one of his... Um, what do I want to call it? Calling cards, I guess. Of the quick zoom cuts, slam... You know, I, I feel like those are well-known things in his movies at he, this point. Yeah. But he, his goal with those was to take mundane things and make it seem like like it's this big action thing. But it's just like, you know, he's putting on his name tag and he's washing his hands. And it's just like, it's something that's so boring, but you're just enthralled watching this just unfold. And it's so quick. I think he has changed my expectations with how pacing can really make a movie great. Because this movie is constantly just like, I'm like on all cylinders like I'm just I'm going the whole time because I'm trying to look at everything. I know that there's stuff in the scene that's, you know, in the background. I know that something could pertain to what's going to happen later, especially the one shots, which I love the one shots of him walking to the to the convenience store and stuff. And like, you know, he's it's just all the sequences that yeah. are happening. And then later it changes. So you're kind of like trying to see what's different and that kind of stuff. Um, he's he's changed a lot of things for me with how I view movies, I would say. And so I think that would probably be why I put this up there as one of my favorite movies. Cause it was one of the first ones of his that I saw. And, um, and I have seen it before. This is, pro I mean, I've seen this movie. I don't even know how many times at this point. Um, but uh, you guys, what do you, what do you, what's what thoughts and feelings on Shaun of the dead? I really like it. Um, I, I don't think it's my favorite Edgar Wright movie, but I'd say it's pretty, it's pretty up there. Um, I that oh, my second note was literally he Edgar Wright is the just the master of quick cuts. Like he, it it's the stuff like something that another a different director in a different movie would use exposition. Uh, would take you know like a five minute scene of like he's getting ready and he's uh putting on my coat. I don't like this job, but I gotta go and I'm putting on my name. Like mm -hmm. he does all that in five seconds and you get it and it's quick and it's, it doesn't let down. You don't, you're into it. And if anything, it heightens your attention mm -hmm. versus other, other movies or, or other directors, you know, they drag it out because they're not doing stuff that way. Mm. And so, it, you know, so just like with what you said, where he's getting ready for work and it does all the quick cuts. And I think they do that in hot fuzz a lot too. Mm -hmm. Um, they do and that then, in, in all the Cornetto, which the yeah. Cornetto trilogy, for those who don't know, is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and then The World's End. So that's the Cornetto trilogy. But yeah, that's like, I mean, that's essentially like, that's how I know 
it's Edgar Wright kind of thing at this point is those those quick cuts. Mm-hmm. So uh, even with it's not quite the same, but even with the scene where um everything started to sort of zombify, but he hasn't figured it out yet, and he, he's flipping through the TV stations, and it's just like yeah, and people today are eating each other and biting their flesh off in pieces like yeah. you know just like piecing he, together and so it's just like it's little subtle things like that where he's he's so good about just like piecing together things that are quick either background stuff or mundane stuff and turning it into comedy or exposition or or just yeah just keeping it alive and mm-hmm. i think that's really that's really cool mm-hmm yeah, I uh, I liked it. Um, I've liked this movie for a while. Um, I was looking it up. I guess it. I guess technically it's just called a smash cut as like the actual uh, okay. coverage for it, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you bringing that up because I, for some reason, I guess I just didn't look up the director. Um, as soon as you started talking about his style, I looked up his IMDb, and then the first movie that came to my mind was like, did he do Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. Yep. And he yep. did. Yeah. He sure did. Like, he like did. when you're talking about the like cut, the quick expositions and whatnot, I was like, mm-hmm. what movie does that remind me of? I'm like, I think right. it's Scott Pilgrim. And I looked down it, it was the first one uh, mm-hmm. that popped up there. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, it makes me want to actually go and watch Last Night in Soho uh, yeah. now, knowing that it's an Edgar Wright film. Um, I was kind of just like, oh, whatever. It's a new movie. You know, maybe I'll watch it. But now I'm just like, oh, I've just seen Song of the Dead. I've I've watched the. Um, Cornetto trilogy uh, already, so why not just consume more Edgar Wright content? Mm-hmm. But Shaun of sure. the Dead, uh, I think it was the first film I saw do that because this movie is also like so much older. Than, guess, yeah, mm-hmm. two thousand four. Right? Feels like yeah, two thousand four feels like forever <laughs> ago, dude. It feels like it's last year, but also it's forever ago at the same. You know, it's yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, it was just it was kind of it's like interesting because you watch the movie, and just because of like I guess how far camera technology has come, like it's very very obvious that that came out in two thousand and four. But because this was also, I don't know, like this is a movie that came up during a pretty, I guess foundational point in my life. Like oh four, I was still learning a lot about the world and stuff like that. So it has mm-hmm. this like special place in my heart as far as movies go so it does feel like it was yesterday right um but uh i was like trying to write down my thoughts and stuff about the movie and what was interesting for this one compared to the other ones that we've watched so far is i was just so relaxed watching it Mm because it's so familiar Mm -hmm. yeah like I notes weren't really coming to me. I was just like chilling. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's also a movie that I've seen so many times. It's a comfort film for me. Yeah. I would say, Same. um, I also feel like one of the points I wrote down was, um, he does this cycle of callbacks mm-hmm. over and over again. And there's like something really comforting in that cycle. Um, where like literally from like scene one, him and Ed develop this routine, and that routine gets played out. I think may- technically two more times, man, eh, three more times throughout the movie. Um, but each time it happens, it's not annoying. 
It's right. not like he's throwing it back in your face or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, you're just using this to repeat it. And there's just something so comforting about that. And so I was like, okay, if I can't really find anything to like critique about the movie or anything like that, because obviously I like it, mm. maybe I'll see if I can find some like fun facts. And then that led me to go down to like a Cornetto wormhole, like what <laughs> Cornettos are, yeah. why I can't get Cornettos in the U.S. I guess it's a shipping thing because it's ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then I just like Googled it and this movie's been out long enough. That like BuzzFeed and all those other listicle sites have already done that too, yeah. like over and over again because it's a classic. So I'm just like, man, like I don't really know, I don't really have as much analytical about this movie as I did about the other ones because it just it fills uh, the right spot. Mm-hmm. This yeah. kind of movie does. I don't feel that way about World's End. I think World's End kind of strayed a bit from the path, uh, but like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. I think those two fit like this this area I'm talking about perfectly. When I watch World End, I'm more like I'm kind of watching a movie. Whereas like when I watch Shaun of the Dead and like Hot Fuzz, it feels like I'm just like talking to an old friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think about it. It's funny. I was telling Micah right before we started uh, uh, streaming and whatnot, recording. Uh, I was like, yeah, I wrote one note down, and that was it. Because I think I'm in the same boat with you, where I just like I just. I was just having a good time. I don't know. Like, it's just like, I have also seen this movie several times. And so, and it's, it's rewarding every time there's, I think kind of what you were trying to say with the movie reward, like the setup and payoff in this movie is amazing. They do it so much. And I think it was kind of funny looking at how they use fart jokes in this. So I'm going to go back to Swiss army man, where the pitch they did for Paul Dano was, uh, you're gonna laugh at the first one, but we want you to cry at the last fart or something like that. And like that was the pitch where Paul Dano's like, "Okay, uh, I gotta see what the fuck this. Is. I, I want to do this now." <laughs> and honestly, this kind of did the same. You know, it wasn't all about that, but it was kind of the same thing where um, he, you know, he's doing the like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Sean." He's like, I'm, "No, it's fine." He's like, "No, I'm sorry," and like, "I'll quit doing it when you quit laughing." Yeah, and he essentially does. He cries at the, at the last fart, and I was like, "Oh my yeah. god, dude! Here, this is Swiss Army being a little bit, yeah. you know." Yeah. But um, but like that stuff's kind of ende- like that's I find that stuff endearing in this movie, and I think it's it is rewarding to kind of see just that play out. And how you, it just, it means so much in that last, it's like the, it's, it seems like the dumbest thing, but it's so sweet that moment between those two. Cause it's just like shit. Like they realize what's going to happen kind of thing. Um, and then kind of touching on where you were saying, Micah, with like the TV cuts, the way like, so that's, that exposition is amazing to watch. Cause it's not just, it's not two people sitting in a room just talking about a thing. And that was one of the things I learned in screenwriting was if you can ever show it, show it. Don't ever like, don't say it unless you just can't do it. Right. Basically. So you always want to show it. And I love how they did that. And they do that a couple of times with the, uh, you know, he's flipping through the TV, but it's a very like, you're kind of like listening to it at first. And it's just like, Oh, he's watching the news. And then all of a sudden, like you start piecing together, like, Oh, they're making a sentence like, Oh shit. What are they saying? You know? And it's just a very, fulfilling rewarding experience to kind of like put that together yourself as it's happening kind of thing um but i think he he i think he does that in both hot fuzz and the world's end not with like the specifically the news mm-hmm. but like other people finishing other people's sentences and it like hints at the like oh blah, 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 blah. And, and like whatever they're saying it's like oh yeah like 
people are getting murdered all over this small village or like mm-hmm. oh uh aliens or something you know it's like right. it's these little hints at things and it's just like you already know what the movie's about going into it mm-hmm. so it's 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 almost it's like he's making an inside joke with you being like I- i'm fishing a little bit and i'm gonna slowly reel you in because like we know but the characters don't know right right um yeah it's um uh, it's just this movie's just so fun uh it's um god the fucking the them doing their plan the whole plan i mean basically i'm just gonna go through and i'm just gonna rave about this movie just because i love this movie so if there's like specific parts you guys want to touch on or something that like stood out as you rewatched it by all means just jump in with whatever because it's basically i i I don't really i mean i can't really find negative things to say about this so i i know i was talking about i was hoping we'd get movies where there's a little bit of con like hey jared's okay with this movie but michael loved this and i just don't think i'm i don't know if we're really gonna get there with this and that's fine i'm fine if we all there is one glaring negative of this movie hey i what is it I, I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious what the one glaring negative of the movie is, right? <laughs> I think I think I brought it up with Sean right before the podcast started. Yeah, like they dropped the end bomb. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do drop okay. the end bomb. Yeah, like yeah. Well, I, I guess okay, I was so, like, damn, like yeah, I was not expecting that. I kind of so well. I guess this brings up that discussion with this movie is there's a couple. I mean, they use. Um, what they call cigarettes i'm not gonna say it but you yeah, know yeah. They, you know and like I, but I, that one i can kind of you know, it's i don't know i don't know how i feel about it's it difference there. yeah it's a, yeah you it's know. a british thing and right it truly was a word but like th- there was no other use for the n-bomb it's right. not like no, oh I mean, that actually that actually meant apples and, right you know it's not like that yeah it's it, yeah okay there that one yes there that's i mean i I would i was gonna say that's probably my only negative is just like it's a touch outdated with some of like with like two jokes Mm. it's like ooh, that use gay as a derogatory right yeah that's the other one that sean brought up yeah 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 there's some there's some uh things that don't necessarily age well right with the movie but if you're able to remove those things which they are they are pretty simple like dialogue changes if you were to go back and remake this movie then yeah, yeah. you could take the the negatives out it'd be pretty easy mm-hmm. it's not the core foundation of like what makes the movie or something you know right kind of thing um, it was like offhand words that at the time they were like this is a funny joke and it's like it didn't just didn't age to be funny joke still yeah mm-hmm. no not at all i would agree that's um that's that's a completely fair point and uh yeah wild I don't know. Yeah, um, I like tried to find like fun facts and stuff about this movie. Okay, like, you like you were like, oh, I just like I like loved it. I dove into their relationship because I would have thought this is the first thing that they did together, mm. and like that's what made them like love each other was they just like decided to write a movie together. But like, no, that's how I learned about. I guess Spaced was a show that they did. Yeah, have you never? Spaced is. I've I've never watched Spaced. Never. Okay. Uh, uh, It's um, you. You can kind of see. I mean, they're they're all young, and you know this. Like, I I don't know how old Simon Pegg was when they started doing Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I think in the movie he says he's twenty nine, but I don't know like if he was actually. He was. He was thirty four. Thirty four. Okay. So yeah, yeah, around the same age then, or close to it. Or close enough, I guess. But yeah, space—you can kind of see the 
they're setting up their their style i guess per se but yeah that's interesting i didn't know that um i kind of went into some deep dives way back when i think it was probably around when world's end came out and stuff i was just seeing other mm-hmm. things they did and then came i think space used to be on netflix i have no idea mm-hmm. it's probably not now um but i think that was how i watched it and it's just kind of a it's just kind of funny seeing all the regulars, you know, that he works with, like, oh, they're all, they all pop up in space. You know, the woman that he runs into twice. Avon. Avon, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, she was the main female of Maybe space. Jessica Hines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spaced is now on the Roku channel three. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not where did, I. Did you, uh, did you look up how they met? I how the two of them met? Uh, Simon Pegg was a waiter. And uh, Nick, Nick Frost, Frost and Simon Pegg's oh, okay. girlfriend were a waiter, but Simon went out to like dinner with all of them oh, uh, okay. one night, and Simon Pegg made a Star Wars joke. I think he actually made like a Chewbacca sound, and like nobody laughed except for Nick Frost. And so basically, it was literally just these two nerds at dinner yeah. met up and like fell in love with one another, and like the the um. The article where I read about, it, I think it was a Guardian article, but the photo they used was a picture of those two just like you know up a up against the wall like a backdrop, but it was similar to the final scene where it was like Nick Frost like lovingly putting his head on like Simon Pegg's cheek. Yeah, and it's just like it's like a true friendship there, like yeah, everything that they've made and it, it the chemistry does come out on screen, like the chemistry between the two of them in uh. Shaun of the Dead in Hot Fuzz. It's it's all there. Even in Hot Fuzz when they like are trying to pretend like they don't like each other at the beginning. It's mm-hmm. like I mean, there's obviously some affinity there. Like yeah. you can't really hide that. They're yeah. just they're just truly I think once in a lifetime best friends. So it's it makes for really good content. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. They uh I mean it's kinda hard to not talk about the movie and not talk about their moments and things. Uh even got the whole um it's funny watching this now and kind of relating more to peter when they're playing music super loud he's like it's four in the fucking more like he's just pissed and i'm like man i feel peter right now like you know i would probably be the same fucking way or you know or like i mean most people would probably be pissed but uh it's just i don't know it was interesting the um did you notice uh simon Pegg's line during that he was like, hey, man, sorry, uh, we had a rough day. We broke up with Liz. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Ed didn't break yeah, I know. up with Liz. <laughs> you did. That's interesting. Or, I guess I, she did. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting language to pick up on, though. It's like, you know, like that was, you know, that's Liz's complaint is it's never those two. It's, always, you know, Ed's, you know, so that's kind of, you know, that's an interesting point. Um, I mean, that's like. It builds into the character's flaws. yeah. Uh, it's that's where like the writing is just it those little touches are so good and i think it makes it so rewarding every time watching this again it's, it's kind of like watching arrested development i feel like that's one of the shows where like i watch that and every time i watch that something new something new in the writing specifically where it's like wow shit like that was so buried but it's just just there enough where you know i picked up on it that time or something and i think his movies are kind of in that same way and he kind of does that with uh, what's on screen too? Like, I mean, like the I know we were talking about the scene where he's walking to the convenience store and like that whole thing. And there's, I mean, but that's it's it's all over the place. It's every scene. I'm constantly now. 
I'm looking for stuff in the background. Like what's going, like what, what, what did I miss? Or? So even, so even during that scene and just like a little thing, the, the kid kicks a ball at him and he goes, you're dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the next time he sees the kid, the He's kid's dead. dead, you know? So it's like, he does, it is. It's just the, it's those little, little bits that you, you don't, you know, He's kind if you're not paying attention, you miss it. Yeah, he's kind of basically he's foreshadowing the entire movie the whole time, and I think oh I, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think it's pretty well known at this point for people that know the movie pretty well and watch it regularly. Is the scene where they're um, Nick and Simon are sitting there drinking and Nick's doing his plane. He's like, "We're gonna go." I can't remember it specifically off the top of my head, but he essentially goes through the whole movie. And just him saying like what we're going to do. And it's like, we're going to go get a bite at whatever. And like, you know, someone gets bit at this. I can't remember the sequence off the top of my head, but literally he, everything he says is what happens kind of thing. And it's just yeah. like these fun things where, you know, you're rewatching. It's just kind of fun to like, Oh shit. Like, you know, I can't, you know, it's, it's just a rewarding experience going through these again. And it's just, it's enticing to, it's not like, it's not boring. It's not a boring movie to watch. Cause it's just the pacing so quick. You're constantly yeah. like, it's taking you the next thing and it sits on scenes long enough. And I think the way that they do dialogue, I think of this from a, like a filming standpoint of the coverage they would need. And what I mean by that is, so you've got them, the two of them at the table and they want to get, you know, the wide shots of the two on this side, they got to get the wide shots of the two on the other side. And then you want to get the different angles of everybody doing that. So they're like, you know, you're doing all these different, the coverage that they get is nuts because there's new takes of one line that gets put into there. And I'm sure they spent so long setting this shit up and it's Mm -hmm. just for this literal one second. And it pays off huge because it's, I think it's like that stuff. And I love I love the beginning is so good because of them doing the bit where they're like, they're talking about like, you know what? I just, Ed's been really annoying lately. And he's just like, and Ed, it's not about you. And like, they pan out and Ed's right there, you know, or they do with, um, with David and, yeah, or David and Diane. You're like, it's like, you know what guys, it's fine. It's like, no, it's fine. I I love how they do that where you don't think they like, there's no way they're going to say this around them, but they're literally right next to them. And those kind of like, those expectations are so funny and it's just so good. It's so, it's just wonderful and cozy to me. One thing I didn't notice as much was Simon Pegg's uh, facial expressions and Mm -hmm. how funny they are. Like after something gets delivered, like whenever Ed says something to like Peter that he shouldn't have, Ed's always like, (laughs) or like uh, when he, when he first introduces Liz to his mom in the car, he goes, mom, this is Liz. This is his mom. (laughs) <laughs> and he just like looks at them yeah uh he his his i think his his facial expressions went severely underappreciated by me uh the first eight times i've seen this movie but they did not this time yeah no that's good um <laughs> there's just i i think the scene it's pretty obvious at that scene but it's the scene where they run into the girl in the garden the first time they're both standing out there and she turns around and just like that kind of like, Oh my, I don't know, whatever you want to call that face there. Oh my God face, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I'll have to watch that next time. Cause it's that kind of stuff cracks me up. And especially when it's done well and it's, you know, not super over the top, but it's just like something that would realistically be done. at those like, Oh fuck. Like I can't believe they just, you know, 
Um, I think um, <laughs> I'm just kind of going off random scenes. So sorry, but uh, I loved um, Nick Frost's character obsession with Barbara. Uh, and the, I think it really comes out and it obviously comes out in the scene where the mom gets bit. She's about to turn and Simon Pegg's character's got it. Simon Pegg's get Sean, the name in the fucking movie. He's got his mm-hmm. that bottle up against the he's like, don't point that gun at my mom. And then Nick Frost comes up, don't point that gun at Barbara. It's gets so <laughs> fucking defensive, dude. It's just so funny. And I love the little touch of giving Diane a bottle. He's like, This well, this isn't fair or something. I don't know. Like he like gives her the bottle to like hold against Sean's neck. It's like, why would you? I don't know? You know, like those moments are they're so good. It's so funny. It's, um, I love the little touches too, like with Bill Nye's character turning off the radio. Like he's dead. Yeah. It's like, like yep. he's, that's not him in there. That's not dead. That's not your husband. And like, he's just, he's, he's, he's still there a little bit, you know? He's turning off the fucking I noted, radio. I noted that was the funniest part of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second funniest part of the movie for me is when they finally arrive to the Winchester. And he climbs up those like kitty slide stairs yep. to see if anybody's <laughs> over there. And I think oh, yeah. the I think the sequence of him climbing up, looking, and then climbing down really quick, that's the second funniest thing to me in the movie. I love that scene. It's hilarious. I love that those kinds of shots are like and it's not something that's quick either. Cause you think he'd climb up, look, and then he'd come back. But like he genuinely like sits there for like two to three seconds and like gives a good look and i don't know why but like i appreciate that for some reason it's like the dumbest thing but i feel like it just adds into that moment and something else i think that i appreciate is how edgar wright sets up and does some of these shots because he'll do um it's the scene where he's talking to i don't know the character's name but he's it's he's at work and he's just like face to face you know it's an over the shoulder shot and there's that little bit of gap next to and the phone comes in and it's just like just completely interrupts the scene you know and it's just <laughs> that whole you're not really it feels like old silent film kind of comedy where it's just abrasively interrupting and it's just there and so and there's it's it's slapsticky well, so, but not slapsticky at the same time kind of thing so the character you're talking about is Noel okay um but but that ties in with some fun facts that I sort of gathered. Um, do you guys know, do you know the actor? I don't, I'm going to mm-hmm. butcher the pronunciation of this. Um, Rafa Spall. I know, th- I know that actor. I know him from other that, stuff. That's him. Okay. That's him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's, uh, if the show trying, if you've watched that, I haven't watched trying um, yet. Uh, he's the lead in that he's, uh, he's in life of Pi. Um, he just had a movie on Netflix that just came out called Long Story Short about time travel. It's a mm. romantic comedy mm. time travel. Um, he was in. Um, he was he's in, also in Hot Fuzz and yeah, uh, The World's End. Okay, uh, so this is kind of a side note track thing here to discuss. But I, I, Ryan hates Hot Fuzz and blows my yeah. That's how I feel about it. I don't know how. Like he likes the other two, but he doesn't like Hot Fuzz, and I don't understand why. 
And so you like Shaun of the Dead and World's End, but he doesn't like Hot Fuzz. As far as I, I know, Hot he likes Fuzz Sha- is my favorite of the I, three. I, I arguably it, it might be one of mine too. Like Hot Fuzz is great, and so I like I like Hot Fuzz the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to bring him into this podcast, I would like for us to probably re- whenever we can get to that point with him, I would want to rewatch. I want him to watch it, and I want to talk to him about it because it makes no fucking sense to me. It's virtually uh, the same in terms of. It's the same kind of com- You know, it's the comedy, story's different. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't know either. That's a side rant. I don't. I'm, I, but I want to just put that out there. That the double take that the cop does when he's making fun of him is the funniest thing that has ever existed in any of these movies ever. Absolutely. And how do you not? How do you not like lose your shit at a oh, great big bushy beard? Oh yeah, a great big bushy beard. Hot Buzz is perfect. Hot Dude. Buzz is an actual perfect movie. Five stars, no notes. Right. Great movie. I say, and y- I don't. I don't understand it. I say yarp and narp more than I think I say anything else. Dude, I use that shit so much. Yarp. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I genuinely do not understand how he does not like Hot Fuzz. I'm going to put it out there that that's the one he comes into the podcast. And we talked to him about that one because it's it makes no sense. Just make fun of him for two hours. I'm absolutely down. (laughs) Well, I hasn't watched it since we watched it in theaters. And I genuinely want to know because when we saw it in theaters, we had we ended up getting there late the theater was sold out. So we had to sit in the front row, like the very front row. So we're like, you know, the movie is at this crazy angle that we're watching it. Mm. So like that sucked. I didn't like that, but I still enjoyed the movie. And I think that he, that's his thought with the movie. I don't think he's seen it since. And it's like, dude, you you need to watch. I need you to fucking watch out fuzz again. You God, it's aggravating. And I'm, 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 I'm getting chat aggravated too. So this is good. We I, can all get on Ryan about this. I can tie you in there though. Cause like one of the things that I appreciate about these movies is, um, his ability, like, I guess their ability, whether it's Edgar Wright or Simon Pegg, whoever does the casting mm-hmm. is their ability to get like big names. Because I mean, this movie has freaking Bill Nighy in it. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, English yeah. royalty as far as acting goes. Right. Uh, Martin Freeman mm-hmm. makes an appearance. And like, I mean, Hot Fuzz, they get freaking Timothy Dalton in there. Yeah. That was early um, Martin Freeman, though, too. That, that was, was that was Martin, Martin Freeman, yeah. like three years after The Office. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was very early. Mm-hmm. Also, just really quick on this is what my other fun fact. I Sean, I uh, Jared, do you watch Great British Bake Off? I do. I I do watch. I do not watch it anywhere near as much as Sean, even though I am tangentially watching it because my partner loves it and right. she watches rewatches of like she's so, rewatched I think every I season am, like three times. Oh man, I don't know where he's going with this, and I'm excited. So, I this I hopefully this shows up. So remember when? Uh, uh, so here's you know this bit when. Martin Freeman shows up, right? Is this okay. Just, yep. Can you guys see this? Yeah. So if you zoom out and go back to Cousin Tim. Oh, is that fucking Matt? That's Matt Lucas. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. wow. Yeah, he's got that's, hair. That's Matt. Oh, man. I would that's not. Him with hair. Yeah, I would That's him with hair. Okay. My first time seeing him was actually Bridesmaids. I had no idea who he was before. Absolutely same. I I didn't know anything about him. I was just like, oh, this guy is uh, Rebel Wilson's funny British brother guy. Like, that's that's all I ever thought of him. 
And ironically, I really don't like him on Great British Bake Off, but I like him in pretty much everything else he's done. Uh, but I that was the first time watching it this last time, you know, and they all popped up and I was like, oh, that's, you know, here's the funny joke. It's like it's the, the opposites. Pair. Right. It's yeah. The opposite. And then I was like, holy shit, I know that face. What is And then I was like, it's fucking Matt Lucas. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I did not know that. No, I, it's oh, man. That's crazy. That, that was, was that. That was the tidbit. I was like, I need to bring this up. On I want to tell you guys so oh, bad. But okay. I, I, I okay. Uh, okay. I can't bring it up until we're on pod. Yeah. No. That's uh, also that scene's great. I love just the hello. Uh, yeah. Like everyone. Yeah. yeah. They both. I don't know. That that kind of. I like little nods like that are always. I don't know. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Um. Damn. Yeah. No. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I know Peter Jackson is also in Hot Fuzz. He's the he's very he's the Santa that stabs um, Simon Pegg. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. It's a very quick uh, cameo, but that's Peter Jackson, uh, which I do. I love that. I always see that picture online all the time. It's like the most like it, you think it's like an album of some sort because they're like like Peter Jackson's kind of sitting on the stairs and he's like in this raggedy ass Santa suit. And whatnot, and like you know, they're Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are like in costume and shit, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm honestly getting what more. Is, I'm getting more amped to watch Hot Fuzz now, so this is good. I'm trying to figure out what movie. It's um, what is this like based off of? It's based off of a George Romero movie, right? Yeah, it's of um, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Is it Night uh, of the Living Dead? It's I, one of those, but apparently. So. Apparently, he was so impressed with this, like, homage, if you will, that I guess Simon Pegg and Nick Frost were actually cast as zombies in another one of his movies. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, which, is, which is pretty cool. High praise. Yeah, from um, from essentially the person that created uh, zombie movies yeah, and whatnot. That, that was Night of the Living Dead. Was the, yeah. Was kind of, that was an homage to Night of the Living Dead. And then, I don't know why I didn't just pull up this BuzzFeed article. And then before <laughs> George Romero died, he did Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead, which would have been 2005 and 2007. So that's probably, those hmm. would be the two most likely that they could have been in. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I do like how they how they kind of address zombies. They don't really say it. I mean, they say it a couple of times, but how it's like a like a like don't you don't don't say the Z word. Like, what are you doing? And then I like yeah. how he tells Nick Frost to not say it, and then I think David says it later. He's like, "We don't use the Z word," or whatever. I thought that was kind yeah. of a funny little uh, call. Apparently, that was another thing that they had in common with the film is they uh, just like the Romero ones. They never explained the origin of like the zombie virus. They were just like, "Yep, happened." Went. All right. Thanks for watching. See you later. They they, they did hint at it. It's like so, it's it's very but, I'm watching it with subtitles. But, you kind of hear like over the radio. It's like weird. Like and something enters the atmosphere, but it's like well, not. So okay, there's like seven different reasons it happens, and they they I think that's the the magic of it is they drop like four, five, six clues. Like there's a newspaper heading at the early, very start of the movie that's like GM crops linked to uh, weird brain disease taking over nation and so it's like oh okay so like everybody's eating gmo food and that's what you know and this also would have been this gmo scare tactics of the 2000 early 2000s and then late at the end of the movie when they're flipping through the post 
zombie like the TV channels where it's just like you married a zombie and zombie f- trying to get the balloon at the end of the water slot, you know, all those TV shows in one of those bits. Where it, we see Chris Martin and Coldplay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one of, in one of those things, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, Oh, it, uh, it, it, it was another reason why everybody turned into zombies, but it was a totally different one. It was just like, Oh, they, everybody ate bad pork or something like that. I kind of, so. I like that they don't really die, you know, cause I think people get wrapped up in like the science of like, what, you know, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that is kind of a side. Well, well, this wasn't believable. It's like, yeah, fucking zombies aren't believable. Get yeah. Past it. Like I kind of, that's yeah. one of the things I like with looper in dealing with time travel. He's just like, I'm not even going to try to explain this to you. Cause it's not going to make any sense. Cause I think, <laughs> I think people get too wrapped up. Like, well, they're like, okay. So like, if I go back, you know, like you just, it takes you out of it. Cause you're thinking too much about it and then you're losing the yeah. moments and so I think that would happen with this. And I kind of like how it's just just these little things that are just in the background. And it's like, if you pick up on it, that's great. If not, they're there anyway. It doesn't matter. So it's just you're dealing with it now. Um, it is kind of... This is, go ahead. I, mine's a huge pivot. So if yours is related, I'd say you go first. No, it's... I, you know, it, I don't I, know. So, so just on, on that topic of... Um, this is a very big pivot. I'm sorry. So that's fine. Time travel. Ryan hating movies. Ryan hates time travel. Um, uh, anything that's shitting on Ryan, I'm all about. So let's go. Well, so that it <laughs> it, it, it it had me curious if does Ryan hate Back to the Future? Because uh, that's time travel, but that's also a classic I would genuinely say, yeah. I honestly don't know if he's even seen Back to the Future. Oh uh, my god! I would say if you th- if if you got to ask me, has Ryan seen it? I safely assume he has not seen it, unless it's Inception or yep. it's maybe one of the Marvel movies. Because I know Allie watches them, and he sits there while they're on. He goes to sleep during them. Yeah. He'll be like, oh, yeah, we started, like, uh, Civil War, but I fell asleep in the first, like, 20 minutes. It's like, That's too Yeah, it's just, it's just, movies are not. No. I, like, any any kind of entertainment media that's not, like, John Mayer or, like, video games just <laughs> is not for him. And it, like, blows my mind. Especially because, like, like, I met Sean, and one of the things we talked about immediately was TV and, like, movies. And then mm-hmm. Sean was like, I want to start a podcast, and I think Mike should be on it. And I was like, does Michael like TV and movies? He didn't tell me about the spreadsheet. Today's the first time I learned about the spreadsheet. But if you told me about the spreadsheet, then I'd be like, cool, there's another person that I can have a conversation with. You try to have any kind of conversation about these things with Ryan, it stops immediately. Uh, like, even, yeah. I mean, you can get him to talk a lot about Interstellar. Uh, he He's, does he, love that. He, he loves Chris Nolan. Uh, it's Chris Nolan. It's Chris Nolan. Or like in, in Inception or so, mm-hmm. like those things. Yeah, like he can like dive into those. But like outside of those, as far as like movies go, he'll be like, I don't know, turn it off, fell asleep, boring, hate it. <laughs> it's like, what? How? How does your brain not engage in these things? I need to put... I got to change the thumbnail to put in like us shitting on Ryan or something. I don't know because <laughs> that's what's turning into yeah, this. We, we love we love Shaun of the Dead. Hey, Ryan. It's really easy. <laughs> the movie was called Ryan of the Dead. I wouldn't fucking watch it. So <laughs> luckily, that's not the name of the movie. And that's fine. Uh, uh, I got another pivot for you. Yeah, because I, I was I mean, I was just like looking up stuff that's interesting about the movie. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, what you were saying about like what it was like to get those takes and like the the setup and stuff. Mm-hmm. So apparently, 
production was four million dollars, and then it grossed thirty million, um, which is an amazing return. Yeah, that's pretty uh, big. But what, in one of the interviews they did for the movie, uh, Simon was talking about. I think like I don't know, like day like four or five on the set or whatever. He heard one of the extras, which makes it even funny knowing these are people from like the space forum mm-hmm. or like from the space show. Somebody just goes, oh, this one's straight to DVD. And he overheard them. <laughs> <laughs> and like just to see how it like turned out to just not be the case, yeah. I think is so funny. Oh, um, my God. Because that's I mean, that's a great return on investment for a movie. Also, four million. I mean, I'd have to look at like trends, but four million even in 2004, I feel like is also pretty a pretty good of a budget yeah that's a nobody yeah anymore nobody makes a million for or a million nobody makes a movie for under like 15 million period but that's also probably because there's been a hefty amount of inflation since 2004 but yeah mm-hmm. I, I would say even for 2004 four million is pretty that's a good pretty, amount of uh, well i mean it's a good amount of money but it's like pretty low for movie budgets even in 2004 yeah, yeah. And I think, too, honestly, the effects and the the zombie design and stuff, like, I mean, like, I was never thinking, like, oh, this is real cheese. Like, when they're ripping David apart, I was like, oh my fucking dude. god, dude! Like that part in the end, how they how they got Nick to look like full on zombified. Yeah, like, yeah. I was. They did. Oof. Yeah, and like that stuff's not. It's not easy to do. It's not cheap to do. And they had they had a lot of extras. Especially the scene right outside the Winchester, like, mm-hmm. I mean, there were easily a hundred people or so, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting to know. I uh, I didn't know what the box office was for that, so that's pretty fascinating. I mean, well, so I, I'm I'm looking up other 2004 movies right now that are famous to see what some similar budgets are. Mm. All right, day after tomorrow. Let's see what the budget. Oh this man, is. my guess for that one would be like. 18 mil really that i feel like that one's so cg heavy i don't know i'm gonna guess more. you think it would be higher yeah, i think I it guess cg cost a lot more back then huh yeah i guess that's true well, i think render times like uh, and i don't even know what that stuff especially with it's, computers then it's so funny to me like how your brain knows how that <laughs> stuff works and how the wheels can turn you say render time Jeez. to me i'm like yeah i don't know it's probably complicated yeah it just <laughs> sounds pretty pretty mm. <laughs> Sounds like, but, hey, budget, yeah. budget for the day after tomorrow, hundred five million. Mm, I was I wanted to guess hundred, but then Jared said that number, and I was like, shit, maybe I'm way off with this. I don't know. Hundred. Wait, that's how much they made to make day after tomorrow was one hundred five million. One hundred twenty five million. Damn. It it, it, it made five hundred million. I mean, it was, it, people love you know nothing about <laughs> movie numbers. They love. That one, it's like, what's the new um, one coming out now? Moonfall? And like, that movie looks just, I don't know, not my cup of tea. It's whatever. But I, that movie will probably do real. I, I, there's something about end of the earth movies that just. Here, here's another one from 2004. Have you guys seen Primer? Yes. Who's in that? That's, time travel. Is that Sean or um, uh, what's the guy's name? Shane 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 Car- Caruso or something Caruth Caruth yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't that, seen that, that's Primer. that's more of an indie whatever this would be like a uh, the equivalent to um this is like super low budget and super so uh, the bu- the budget for this was seven thousand yeah okay and and it made half a million hey he's, he's if you haven't looked up any of his stuff his stuff is kind of bizarre it's kind of out there. 
But his stuff, Primer's Primer's interesting. He had a Primer's really good. I don't remember. He had another one that was pretty. I'd have to look. I'll look it up. I'm looking quick. at his. I'm looking at his IMDb to see if there's anything I've seen of his. Uh, I mean, he did. A, he did. Always oh, an additional crew of Allegiant. So I was gonna say he he went big time there for a little bit. Upstream Color. I, that's the one. Upstream Color got kind. I remember that one was kind of getting somewhat out there, and that was how I found him. Uh, but that movie also, they're both super like weird sci-fi primers kind of like in the realm of time travel. So that one's not too crazy. And I mean, it's still kind of out there, but. Oh, he's the coroner in Swiss Army Man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, well, shit. There you go. <laughs> full circle, baby. There it is. That full is circle. full circle. Coming Dang, right now, back. I just want to look at film budgets now. Uh, the Village came out in 2004. That feels like it. they probably saved some money on that one. I'm going to guess 60 mil to make. Sean, what's your guess? For what movie? Sorry. The, the Village. Village. The Village. I'm going to guess. This would have been early. Not not his earliest. So right, right. I'm going to guess 30. The lowest 30. in budgets. Uh, what did Jared? Did you give a range here? I said, you, I said 60. 60? I said 60. Yeah, my gut, my immediate gut reaction was 50. So I'll say 50. Uh, Jared is immediate on the money. It was $60 million mm. budget. Nice. Man, okay. Man, Jared was way the fuck off with one and he was on the money with hey, another. I, I just need one to <laughs> dial it in, baby. That's all I needed. I loved After Tomorrow, by the way. Like, I know that's you? not everybody's fa- favorite movie, but I, I mean, oh, yeah, I loved After Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Jake Jill. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, well, yeah. Yeah. It's very hard for me to see him do something film wise and me not like it. I cannot comment on the Taylor Swift allegations. I have no idea what that all that stuff is. All right, next one up, we got 2004, The Machinist. Mm. Have you guys seen that one? Oh, yeah, I've, never, I've never seen it. Um, uh, that one's that one's a doozy of a watch. Um, yeah, I'm gonna guess that's one of the reasons so why I haven't weight. watched it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess 10, 15. I'm gonna go 35. Sean wins. It was five million. Wow. Okay. I was gonna Isn't say a lot of that. Him like in a room. Yeah, most of it is in, it's inside and it's it's okay. focused on him. I haven't right. I haven't seen that one, so it's harder for me to gauge. Right, right, right. Uh, next up, we have the Aviator. Oh, oh I'm gonna guess we got, Oscar, we got an Oscar winner here. Yeah. So this is I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess eighty. Yeah, I was gonna say seventy five. Yeah, I'm gonna go eighty. Yeah, uh, forty. Uh, that's probably Leo. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, yeah. we, Jared's the winner here. It was a hundred and ten. Fuck, hundred and ten. Damn. I would have guessed maybe just because of Leo. I've, I've, that is a movie that I think I've seen over five times, but I've only ever finished once. Mm. Like it's one of those That's, movies where I like I I I like want to get it. Right. I want to get what it's, it is. It, it's a long. I can't it's, there. It's, a long it's also movie. so long. It is a yeah. long movie. That's me and Shutter Island. Speaking of Leo, mm. Leo and I, Martin. I've, I've, I've I watched. I think Shutter Island's overrated. I've watched Shutter Island like nine times. I've I fell asleep in eight of them. Yeah, and, yeah. and then one of them yeah. I finished. Same boat. Don't get it. Don't get the appeal. Also, the Revenant not that great. I liked Revenant, but I didn't think it was crazy. Yeah, it was it, it the the. F- 
we're getting we're, we're getting off topic we could i don't know it's do, do you guys care that we're off topic because i'm really liking this guest the budget no, no, game. no i think it's we fine love, i mean what, what what else are we gonna say about Sean no, I, no, no it's that's, phenomenal no that's fair we that's, love it yeah i, I love fair. the comparison of just knowing Shaun of the dead was four million and kind of hearing all these other movies there, yeah. So, yeah so euro trip 2004 oh 10 classic comedy slash uh raunchy early 2000s scary movie type comedy like he probably had to pay damon at least a million to make his appearance true uh a euro trip i'm gonna go 40 wow sean what's your guess i'm saying 10 i'm gonna lowball this one uh you guys tie it's 25 million wow you were both you were both 15 off so my question about euro trip is where did they shoot it like did they shoot it somewhere in the u.s and make it look like europe or did they actually Uh, shoot some of it on scene in europe because that's where i was like that's what you got like tour like yeah gotta pay the travel they they filmed it in the czech republic Hmm, okay oh okay yeah so they did travel yeah. <laughs> they did indeed go to the Euro zone. Oh, they there are a couple locations, sorry. Czech Republic, Germany, uh briefly Vatican City, um, and then they had three scenes in Westminster, London. Okay. Whoa, so they didn't film any of that in the US. Correct. All of it was abroad. Wow, that's actually really I cuz like I feel like that's so common is like shooting in like Charleston but just making the set seem like it's like Luxembourg or something like that. Mm-hmm. They um I know Toronto's really big for making it look like New York. It's a lot cheaper to mm-hmm. film there so they'll film in Toronto. I think that's what mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim did actually. All right, you guys ready for you guys yeah, you ready yeah, for yeah. this next one? All right, 2004 we've got Dawn of the Dead. Oh man, I'm not good at budget for those kinds of movies. I'm I sure. feel like because like I feel like they're typically a low budget, high return, right? Uh, uh well, I, th- I don't know. I think horror movies tend to do pretty well, and they're made for pretty cheap. Yeah. So, but it was a Zack Snyder film. This was okay. So this was Snyder. So I'm gonna guess they probably gave him more to do this. This um, also would have been one of his first films. Okay. I'm gonna, one of his I'm earlier go films. $38 rather. million. Dollars. Very specific. I like it. My gut. Yeah. This seems like I'm cheaping on Jared. Jared, you should <laughs> let me go first next. So it's not like I'm doing this on purpose. I'm saying 40. <laughs> uh, we Jared wins this one. It's 26. 26. Million. Okay. Without going over, baby. They have prices, right? Rules. I hate this. Uh, what, what else? What? <laughs> What else? Um, we got Secret Window. Do you want to know that? We have Spider-Man 2 without a paddle. Spider-Man Friday Night Lights. Sp- Spider-Man 2 would actually <laughs> be pretty interesting. I want to guess. Spider-Man 2? Okay. Which, that's, gotta, that, give me, sure, that's probably like 150 or 200. Give me the, give me the cast for Spider-Man 2 just so I can remember. I want to. I can't remember who actually made appearances in that one. All right. we got. Okay, so it's Tobey Maguire. It's um, Tobey Maguire. Kristen yeah, Dunn's, uh, Alfred Molina, um, James Franco. Is Defoe in that one or no? No, he wouldn't have. Been. He might make like a a, a flash. voiceover. Yeah, maybe like a flashback or something. So he might be in it briefly. Yeah. Okay. But I'm gonna guess uh, Bruce Campbell's in. Mm. 
Mm, okay. she's, a, she's a tour guide. Yeah, I, I kind of remember Mind, that. Mindy yeah. Sterling. But this is the yeah, one. The biggest, the, the biggest names are Alfred Molina, Kirsten Dunst, and Tobey Maguire. The first one did so well; they definitely upped the budget for this one. So I'm gonna guess. Yeah, it, I'm guessing a hundred. I'm gonna guess one fifty. I'm also gonna guess one fifty. Yeah, that was my that was my number two. Um, if it's over two hundred, I'm gonna lose my mind. Oh, I don't think so. I remember when I think Pirates was like one of the most expensive movies, one of the Pirates of the Caribbeans, and it was like two twenty five, and that was like crazy. Like obviously now it was the most expensive at the time or right. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that note too, side note. So I think currently the the biggest budget of all time is for Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um and it was they ended up splitting so it ended up, I think it was a billion dollars was the filming, but it ended up being a billion split between Endgame and mm. um, okay Infinity uh, War, whatever the other one. Infinity is that, War is that just movies? Because isn't that like isn't the like Lord of the Rings show like astronomically expensive? Yes, yes, yes. So that's what I was just about to pivot to. Is okay, this Lord of the Rings thing is now the the highest budget period for a okay. single thing. Yeah, it the, it the Lord of the Rings budget for the first season alone was five hundred and fifty million. On production, not on advertising, not on Valerie anything else. Like on yeah, production, yeah. at five hundred, like insane. Yeah, I mean, when you've Although, got, I mean, Jeff Bezos said yeah. pocket change. For yeah, him, so. yeah, I was gonna say they're not feeling that at all. Okay, so what what were your Spider Man guesses? We we both said one fifty. Uh, the answer is two hundred. Damn, million. damn. What was? Can you? What's the first one? Can you look that up real quick? Because I'm curious about the jump. The from, first one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one second. Because I know the first one just did crazy well. Yeah. What was Hot Fuzz? Is actually look that up real quick. Hot Fuzz. I, I love, can look that up too. I love we're just like googling things now. This is great. I mean the the money is a fascinating because oh yeah that's what I was gonna say. Um, the Winchester, the mm-hmm. bar in Hot or Shaun of the Dead is an actual bar. And they know the owners. So, like, mm. apparently that joke where he was like, uh, they have food at the Winchester. He's like, no, they don't. He's like, yeah, he's got a brevel in the back and some toast. Apparently, the dude who owned the Winchester, who uh, eventually passed away, and they turned that plot into flats, apparently. Oh, damn. Um, he would make sandwiches for the regulars. Oh, so, like, interesting. That is, an, that is Nick Frost actually being like, yeah, no, like, we drink here all the time. Mm-hmm. We know this guy. We love him. And when we're too drunk, he makes his food on his little toaster oven in the back of the pub. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I mean, I'm sure that also probably helped them out with the budget, too. Like, sure, they wanted to make sure their their beloved friend got money. But also, you know, it's a location that you kind of already have an in that. Right. Right. So the first Spider-Man was a hundred and thirty nine million dollar okay. budget. Yeah, it's quite a jump. Yeah. Um, Hot Fuzz was uh eight million pounds so yeah, roughly right? they, they put the budget in 11 million this? us dollars let's convert so give me a conversion i roughly it was at the time i don't know currently that's roughly 11 yeah. million dollars you have to do an at the time i don't know what the and then a conversion <laughs> yeah and then a conversion yeah exactly god uh it's the worst Gosh, life is so hard. What else? We got we got the butterfly effect. Gee, oh my we god. Dodgeball, the life aquatic, catwoman. The oh, notebook. Steve Zizo? Yeah. Let's do you want to do that one? 
Oh, man, I don't know. They had, some, they had some pretty intense scenes in there. Um, I'm going to say, well, they have big but names, it is, too. But it is also Wes Anderson, and I think I think Bill Murray and Owen Wilson are perfectly fine to work with Wes Anderson for a lower budget. Right. That's fair. And Angelica Houston. And Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah, Willem Dafoe, yeah. What, what, what's, what's the guess? I'm going to go 80. Damn, I'm going to go 25. I went real low. I don't know. Sean is the closest. It's fifty million. Damn. Okay. Damn. Price is right, Rose Baby. I love him now. Not not <laughs> one of my favorite Wes yeah. Andersons. Nowhere yeah. near the top. Yeah. Nowhere yeah. near the top. Same. Yeah. Good, Same. but I could do without it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of there with you on that one. Which uh, another tangent, just for the general uh, group, we're gonna we're gonna do a Wes Anderson vote. And honestly, if we had it my way, we would literally just watch every Wes Anderson film there was and review all. Because he is by far, hands down, no competition for me, my favorite director of all time. Like, if his name is attached to a project, I want to see it. Like, if we weren't in the pandemic, I would have seen French Dispatch day one. Like, I would have been the first person in the theater. Like, I love Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Have, have you seen it yet, or are you still? I have not seen it yet. No, Mm-mm. watching I, watching heard... theater films right now yeah. is way more of a chore yeah. than I'd like it to be in 2022. Same. Beam Same. that shit to my eyeballs at this point. <laughs> what are right. we doing? Same. So I I haven't seen it either. I've heard the only thing I've heard is. It's like Wes Anderson watched Wes Anderson films and decided to make a Wes Anderson film <laughs> for watching all of his previous films. Like it's just like wow. all all of it. It's like him just channeled into like it's just the it's like a candle scented the essence of Wes Anderson. But it's the if film. Someone asked me to describe how sex feels when it's good. It's that's that's describe it. <laughs> okay. Give me a Wes Anderson film made by Wes Anderson watching Wes Anderson. Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay. Uh, All right. Dodgeball. What's the budget? Hold on. Can I watch Fringe Dispatch tonight? Uh, You probably could rent it. I bet you could rent it for like six bucks. I can watch it now on YouTube for six dollars. There you go. You can rent it for six bucks. I did not even know. Last yeah. night in so last night in Soho also just went up for rent this oh, week. Yeah. Oh, it's months. on Google Play too, and Daddy's got some Google Play credit. So, uh, dude, I think I'm I think I'm watching French Dispatch tonight. There I don't know go. about y'all. There you go. There you go. Um, what was the movie? Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Um, forty. Oh, you go. I'm gonna go forty. So you're, you're gonna go forty. See, this is why <laughs> I wanted to go first. I'm telling you, man. I'm not doing it on purpose. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to go 36. Okay. Uh, Jared wins. It's 20. Damn. Oh, really? That was only 20? Yep. Wow. Comedies, so comedies notoriously have a very small budget. Even like, today. The games and stuff, like when like they make it to like the Global Gym like finals and stuff like that, I would have thought that would have cost like a million. Like No, even, even, even a today, lot of like, like the average Seth Rogen film lately is still only like $30 million budget. And that's 20 years after this. Huh? Wow. The notebook. Um, God, those are both pretty on. I'm going to say 15. 
Jared. I'll go. I'll go. Oh no! Oh man, it's so rural. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go one seventy five. Uh, I go. I'll, I'll go high. I'll go twenty five. I know that's wrong. Twenty nine. Oh wow! Jared. What are they spending all that money really? on? Really? I think because <laughs> Gosling slightly more ex- slightly more expensive than dodgeball. Was it all the water? For the rain scene? <laughs> yeah, rain? yeah. I don't know. Cause... 50, 50 first dates. Oh, I mean, now that we know about comedies, I'll let John go first. But... I'm going to say 30. Oh, wait, but they also... This is, this this is, is also Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Yeah, that's and something. Have, and, and this is Aquarium. Adam Sandler in his prime. Andrew Barrymore? Andrew yeah. Barrymore. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, 30 was... I said 30. That was a bad guess. Now I'm thinking about it. 25. Uh, come on! I lost the page. Sorry. Oh my god, the suspense is killing me. Sean, you're thirty, and Jared's twenty-five. I'm actually thirty-one, about to be thirty-two. But yeah, ah, uh, you clever bitch. Thank you. Uh, Sean wins. The budget was seventy-five. Jesus Christ! Million for fifty-first date. Oh my so, god! So so fifty-first wow. date. Fifty-first dates was. Uh, roughly 15 times more expensive than Shaun of the Dead. Holy a, shit. A, it has to be the animal handling. It has to be, right? Right. They had live penguins. They yeah. had... They had... Uh, God, that'd be so... Very more. They bought the rights to the Beach Boys music. Like... Yeah, music is... Exp- I, I remember almost famous... Uh, Cameron Crowe talked about that, where most of the budget for that movie was the licensing for all the music... And whatnot because that shit's expensive. It is very expensive. Um, I wonder if I wonder if when you factor in these costs, you also have to factor in insurance. Because like I'm sure the insurance for say like the aviator as well was expensive. Or like insurance for shooting something like Spider-Man, where you have like live action like mm-hmm. stunts. I, I would expensive. I would imagine all of that's built into the budget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I mean, would you, you have live animals on set, the animal handling exactly the, the insurance the, if you lose an animal, if an animal I think, bites somebody. I think Every part of making the film is is considered the budget. The only thing that's not included is advertising, um, and like bringing the the ho- or the actors to like guest appearances on this show and this show and the oh, show. okay, so yeah, yeah. literally anything involved in the production of the film, I think, is included in the budget. So that would include, you know, getting voice dialect people to teach you how to speak in an accent or. Uh, animal trainers or uh secondary cameras or you know stuff like that catering um, all the food and stuff yeah, like catering, you know, I, that. Think, I think that's included in the budget is yeah catering. yeah so you gotta the, get like the, big, the bigger your ensemble cast the bigger the that budget's gonna be too yeah it makes sense i mean it's i kind of wish that was the one thing i never touched on what in my when i was uh, at purdue and like doing the film class and stuff was we never went into the business side of movies and things. And I think that that's kind of something that gets like, you just, you hear the number it's like, yeah, uh, Avengers was 250 or whatever, you know, 500, but it's just like, you're not thinking about what's going into every, and you know, it's just, it's kind of unfortunate because it is interesting to dive into that end of it. That that's literally where Jared, I don't know if you know, I also went to film school. Um, I did not. I I'm a film major. 
Um, I so at IU, that's how you start your the. I don't know if that, this is the same anymore because they now have a designated film school. When I went there, they were still transitioning, but you you had to. I started with the the business classes of the telecom industry, so I learned Comcast's budget. Like my, I had a class learning specifically comcast's budget how much they spent on telecommunication how much they spent on streaming how much they spent on content development Mm -hmm. and and learning about the costs of that stuff and it was really fascinating albeit a little boring but (laughs) it it was interesting yeah i have none of that i think i took one film class in college and i remember watching a movie that apparently is very highly uh but it's like takes place on a a boat that's a lot black and white titanic oh i think it's i think it's some i think potemkin's in the title maybe battleship potemkin or whatever maybe but like that is the extent of my film uh knowledge from a scholarly (laughs) standpoint other than that these are all just hot takes baby i'm just firing them off (laughs) i was gonna say battleship uh, if it's potemkin or i butchering the fuck out of that name but that was one of the first dolly shots in film was that movie it's the famous stair Mm. scene um, but if that's the one, then yeah, it's, I think, I think it is the the, the class was really boring and I just, I got to take it with like three or four of my friends and it was an easy credit cause everybody knew the dude didn't grade that hard. Right. Like if you just showed up, watched the movie and like turned in a piece of paper that was like, this was good. You got an A. Yeah. Um, and it was my senior year. So what are you going to do? You had senioritis full swing. Yeah. I just, I just, I needed to get out of there. I was ready to go to grad school. <laughs> you were ready to meet Which, Ryan. All right. Uh, Five more. Okay. And then we're then we're done, right? Okay. okay. That's good. E- Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Hmm. Still have never seen it. Oh. Wow. That's I've pretty started, good. I've started it. I haven't seen it. I haven't it's, seen it. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's worth a watch. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirty five. I'm gonna go fifty. Sean wins, it's twenty. Damn. I think they do some like pretty intense effects in that movie. Um it, it's mostly, I mean, it, so if you think about it, it focuses on two characters, very little else, and okay. most of the effects are, it's just like they're on a beach and there's waves hitting a beach house. I thought there was a lot of animation in that movie. I don't think so. Not in, um, not in this one. Because um, oh, this okay. is Charlie. be mixing that up. Because this is Kaufman, right? Kaufman did Eternal? Yeah. 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 Okay. Huh. Okay. Uh, next up, we have uh, The Terminal with Tom Hanks. Have you oh. guys seen that movie? Oh, great Phenomenal. movie. Phenomenal. Phenomenal movie. <laughs> I love The Terminal. Can't, oh, love it. I've had Same. I've had so many discussions over my over my life with people who are like, The Terminal sucks, and I'm just like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're, you're talking about. Absolutely. I'm with Phenomenal. you 100%. I, I love that movie. I've never seen The Terminal, so... Oh my God, Sean! Add it to the list. Yeah, add it to the list. Okay, it's so good. It's so good. I love Terminal. Okay, it's so good. Um, based on all the knowledge I have of it, I'm gonna say, uh, let's go uh, fifty. Sean, what the? uh, I told forty-five. I told you. All right, you can go first for the next one. Jared, Jared, what was your guess? Forty-five. Forty-five. Sean wins. It was sixty. Dang it! The airport probably cost a lot of money. Yeah, that was probably like. 
48 right there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They probably have to shut off. They probably just, have to shut off like a lot. Just, of a, just a deep reminder again. 51st dates was 75. Yeah, Jesus. Just, just, for, just for comparison. That's, like that's an outlier. Yeah. All right, Jared, you can do the first. You can guess first. first All right. Along came Polly. Mm. We got Ben Stiller. 40. Jennifer Aniston. You said 40? Yeah. I'm going to go... Forty and one dollar. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll go fifty. I'll go fifty. Uh, Forty-two. Jared. Jared mm. wins that one. Nice. Uh, first, Napoleon... first goes. Uh, first goes wins right now. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh God, that, that's yeah. That's... Nine point. No, actually lower. I'm gonna go five point six. I'm gonna go two. Two million. Or hundred thousand. Oh, wow! That was very wow. that was very taskmaster of you right there. <laughs> okay, I am curious though because I've, I've also had this conversation more recently. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. What are your thoughts on Napoleon Dynamite? I hate it. I love to watch it. I hate the movie. Seen it. I, I hate it. my first like three times I watched it. I was like, why do people like this? This is so stupid. And then after like the fifth or sixth time of just like my friends forcing me to watch it, I was just like, whatever, like it's stupid, it's goofy, it's got some one liners that are classics. And the and the end of the movie is a classic. It's dun, 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 dun. the dance scene, like it's a classic, it's whatever. But I still hate it. <laughs> I, I, I will never rep that movie. I've seen I'm not it, mad I watched it. I've seen it maybe in its entirety once and i'm i'm just i i could do without it and that you know doesn't wow yeah are, are you wow. do you love napoleon dynamite i love it first you, time you i saw it i was in the same boat as mike i was like this movie's stupid why do people like this and then i gave it another shot and i fell in love with it mm-hmm. i think napoleon dynamite is one of the funniest movies ever made the time the comedic <laughs> timing on it is incredible. uncle, just uncle rico alone just take all of his scenes the Tupperware scene when he tries to prove it's indestructible and he tries to drive over it with his van and he just destroys it and then leaves. <laughs> oh, and he like hooks a stake at somebody. Jared, how many how many stars would you give it? Napoleon Dynamite five, five out of five, five stars. And you gave Swiss Army Man two and a half stars, he but you'll give Napoleon Dynamite five stars. It's a different. It's a different kind of weird man. Napoleon Dynamite resonates with me. Swiss Army Man does. It just doesn't get there for me. I'm hurt. He likes, I'm hurt at my core. He Can likes Paul the terminal Dano though. Chuck a football over a mountain. Don't think so. <laughs> what a weird. Where's Paul Dano's llama? What a weird way to grade or movies. Alpaca, baby. <laughs> Your whole grading scale just got so weird. I, I I truly truly love Napoleon Dynamite. It hold, is a special place. In hold my heart. on, is Bill Murray throwing a football over this mountain? And yeah, I hate this movie. <laughs> All right, next All right, one. L- l- last one. Okay. Wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. Two more. I gotta pull up this one because I want the last one to be last. But this seems like a big movie, so Spanglish. Also, Adam oh. Sandler. He had a, he had a double double release this year. I have no mm. idea. I have zero idea. I'm gonna just uh, based off of fifty first dates. Based off of fifty first dates. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'll go. You want me to go, Jared? Do you want to go? You can go first. I'm gonna say sixty. Who 
just so I remember, what's the name of his co-stars movie? Uh, co-star in that movie? Uh, either there's a couple women, and I don't know because it's been a while since I've seen this movie. Either Taya Leone or Paz Vega. Ah, Paz Vega. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, what'd you say, Sean? Sixty. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to ask too many questions because that's gonna that's cheating. Because uh, I'm curious where they where they uh, shot it. Where they film? Uh, what they, was they the, film uh, this? Here, wait, 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 wait. Let me pull up. Oh, you're, gonna get, you're gonna give Jared this information. You're not gonna give me this information. <laughs> you're gonna go back and change. John, I will nope. let you change your. I will let no. you change your. Nope, I put it in stone. <laughs> I can't erase it. <laughs> I just want to know this is bullshit. Uh, okay, so Fifty First Dates was filmed in. Sorry, this is taking a second. Still can't believe that was seventy five million. Dollars. That's so much. I just got. Let me. <laughs> in two thousand and four. I know. I'm, I'm doing the calculator right now. Fifty first dates was filmed in mostly in Hawaii. A couple uh, in literally Oahu, Hawaii. Okay. A couple shots were in California and in, in San Francisco. And well, okay. It. My guess would have been all in California, but I I think it's kind of expensive to shoot in Hawaii. Okay, and then. Uh. I'm going to guess they shot 50 or Spanglish in California, but tried to like make it look like somewhere else. Spanglish was shot entirely in El Paso, Texas. Texas. Hey, Haas. All right. I'm going to go 50. So we got 50 and 60. Yep. Yeah. 80. Wow. More. Million, Adam five, what is he doing? Five million more than 50 first date. Man, that was his prime though. Spanglish. No animals in that movie that I remember. So, All right. hold. On, I mean, inflation calculator uh, for for twenty twenty one, one hundred ten million in today for the fifty first dates. So that's insane. Yeah, for that kind of movie, a hundred. That's the budget of the first Thor movie. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I know his deal with Netflix is like probably or like I don't know if he still has oh, whatever his deal was, you know. Yeah, but anyway, we'll go on to the, what's the last one? Last one, Anchorman, two thousand four. Oh damn! That, this is a good one to end on. Yeah, I wanted to end on this one. Yeah, man. Oh, I mean, the suits in that movie alone are like twenty million. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Man, and, and and for bonus points, what was the gross worldwide? Whoa, uh, and, okay. For bonus points, okay. I feel like that. I feel like the Adam Sandler movies are trying speaking, to throw us off. Of, I know. Speaking of which, let me look up the gross domestic return on Fifty First Dates. <laughs> I I can't imagine Spanglish earned too much of its money back. Oh. I think it got nominated for a few awards, but. Uh, Spanglish did not earn any of its money back. Spanglish lost twenty five million. Ooh. So this uh, is is this when the downfall of Sandler started? <laughs> no, no, because three months later, Fifty First Dates or um yeah, Fifty First Dates came out, and the remember the budget was seventy five. Uh, gross worldwide was one hundred and ninety eight million. Mm, okay, so a little over double. Eight million for Fifty First Dates. Damn. Yeah. I, I saw that movie once and it was forgettable. <laughs> All right. So did a lot of other so, people. 
so that's that's your knowledge going into this. So okay. for our final for our final movie, we got Anchorman. What's the budget? And for bonus points, what was the gross worldwide uh, profit? Fuck. I'm like I'm trying to remember. I I don't remember because I didn't see it in theaters, and yeah, I, I and I didn't. I'm trying to pull on my memory of like working at the theater and thinking like okay like how would how would it do and things like that and i'd have none of that with this so i'm yeah. fuck man i don't know budget budget i'm gonna go 40 and then gross i'm gonna guess god fucking 50 for states man 198 i don't even fucking know man i'm gonna i'll guess 300 i don't know Damn it, all right did i do both i'll go <laughs> Because all right, we can have the, we I'll can go. We can both win. You're allowed. To, you're allowed to use the same numbers. Yeah, we can. I'll go thirty-five. All the tie. I'll go. I'll go thirty. Oh fuck! There's the animal scene. I'll go. I'll go forty-five budget. I'm gonna guess three hundred and seventy-five gross. Okay. Mm. Budget is twenty-six million. Damn. Okay. Damn. Okay. So you both are you both are a bit high. Yeah. Gross worldwide take ninety million. Wow. Anchorman only made ninety million gross worldwide. You are correct. Wow. Did it make it all was, of its money on like the back end? Yes, it was critically panned and commercially panned, and it made most of its money on DVD sales and cult following. Hmm. Interesting. I. I mean, there was a period in my life where I thought Anchorman was the height of comedy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, I, and I think that's one of those things where it, it grew a cult following so big that it, that's wild. it became a phenomenon. I feel like that was the start of a lot. You know, like Steve Carell was kind of coming into his own. Paul Absolutely. Rudd was kind of blowing up at that point. You know, like there were some pretty big names coming into the An- scene. too. Anchorman was one year before The Office U.S. Mm. came out. So that was oh, a year before. Interesting. And then 2004, Paul Rudd would have been right in the smack middle of him finishing up his run on Friends. Okay, yeah, that's true. This, this probably what, would have been one of his when was first wet, bigger. When was Wet Hot American Summer? Was that around then? I, th- I think it was. I want to say it was like 2002. Okay. So I like see Wet Hot American Summer. Wet Hot American Summer is 2001. Yeah. Love that. I I don't want to do the game for this one. I'm just curious about this one. This will be the last thing we do because I'm just curious, especially after the pan comment. I'm curious what the numbers are for Mm, semi-pro. Yeah. Because that was, like, hated. Yeah. Universally. I I remember going into that one pretty high hopes. and I mean, I'd be interested to... Peak Will Ferrell. It's Will Ferrell's first R. It's the first time they gave Will the keys and said, "Buddy, do whatever you want." Yeah. All right. You. Re- you so we're not guessing. You no, just want to no, no guess. I'm just curious. Budget on this was 55. Okay, okay. that's too much. Gross <laughs> worldwide, 44. Damn. So it lost 11 million. Wow. That's interesting. I I love that movie now. The first time I saw it, I was like, "They made a mistake. He needs to stay PG-13. That's where he's the funniest." But then. Another day, I was just like, I don't know, like literally just one night, I watched it and I could not stop laughing. I think Semi Pro <laughs> is great now. Is, is old school not rated R? 
That is. Uh, it's absolutely rated R, yeah. But that wasn't that, like a Will Ferrell. I mean, he's in, he's oh, he's somewhat central, okay. but he's not like yeah. you know. You're talking about he literally had, like lead films. Because like uh, there there was a period where, he, what do they call them? Because there was a period where it was like Will Ferrell and like. Vince Vaughn. Oh, like, that group of uh, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, not the, it's not the Brat Pack, is it? That's not who that is. No, that's no. like Rob Lowe, and uh, that's uh, that's like Breakfast Club Robert people. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah but there's like, a t- there's like I know who you're talking like about, though. Yeah, all together. Yeah, but like Semi Pro was the first one where Will's like, I'm. It's me. I'm going out here, I'm getting freaking Woody Harrelson and Andre 3000. I'm putting them in a movie together. Will Arnett. Shows up there as well, which, by the way, I was wrong about Murderville. Murderville is actually pretty funny. Is it? Uh, I, I, need, I, need I really liked it. We, we just I, I thought it was going to be bad. It's it's pretty good. Okay. We wa- we watched the first two episodes tonight, and I we watched them all straight. So it's oh it's, damn, it's good. The Conan um, episode is really good. We Conan's and then after great. that, Ken Jong's great. Marshawn's the best one, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to spoil that for you right now. <laughs> but yeah, no, Semi Pro was the first one where it was really just truly like, "Will go out there, make whatever it is you want to make, and you know, get back to us and see." And I at first was like, "Wow, what a mistake! This guy needs his ensemble." But then I go back and I watch it, and it's great. Matt Walsh in that movie is hilarious. Corn dogs, Jackie. Corn dogs for everybody in here. <laughs> I can go to that movie for days. Uh, I need to watch it yeah. again because I think it, I, all, it also uh, got terrible reviews at first. I remember seeing it because I was kind of in that boat too. I was, you know, I was excited. You know, it's off of Anchorman and all that stuff. And yeah, I remember being pretty whelmed with it. So I, I need to try it again and see. It's interesting too, seeing yeah, like seeing same. some of the stuff with two, like the two thousand four movies and whatnot, like. Rotten Tomatoes is so crucial in how mm-hmm. I think films do now in terms of, yeah. you know, like, am I going to, am I going to spend money and go to the, well, now, you know, pandemic's going on and things, so that's changed a little bit, but am I going to, you know, spend my time doing this now? And it's Rotten Tomatoes is a pretty crucial thing now. So it would, you know, it's interesting to hear some of these box office numbers and things just yeah. off of a, uh, Without even that, you know, if obviously, you know, movies have been around a lot longer than Rotten Tomatoes has, but I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, there was, there's definitely a period where I would watch movies simply because I wanted to know what was going on in them. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I very, very rarely turn a movie off. I usually, I mean, I sat through the fucking Irishman. So like I, <laughs> you can, I'm committed to, to films. Right. But like now I am definitely in a place where, I will go to Rotten Tomatoes, and if that score is just not in line with like w- the range in which I want it to be, I'm probably going to watch TV instead mm-hmm. of watching that movie. Whereas before, there was a period where I wouldn't go to Rotten Tomatoes at all. I would watch the movie, then go to Rotten Tomatoes and be like, oh no, everybody's wrong. This movie's great. Where now I'm just like, mm, I mean, if it got that score, it's probably a reason, so I'll, yeah. I'll watch something else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild how that site has just like transformed the film industry yeah yeah i mean it, it makes sense why they have the um uh what do you want to call it? i can't think of the God, games do it all the time too the uh where they can't release they their reviews or whatever oh, an embargo embargoes yeah you know like it makes sense why some of them do which like you kind of get suspicious with that shit like why aren't they releasing that like you know are they what are they hiding naturally is what i think kind of thing yeah. with this now but yeah what what do you guys think is Will Ferrell's most expensive movie? 
Um, oh God, he did like a heavy kids CGI movie. I can't think what the fuck it's called. Um, heavy kids CGI movie. Yeah, bro. I'm trying. I'm, I'll look it up real quick. It was not, not um, Journey to the Center of the Earth. That's The Rock. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it had Danny McBride in it. Um, yeah. Not, some, Land of the Lost. Some, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Lost. I'm gonna guess Land of the Lost. Uh yeah, I I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. I'd go with that too. Let me double check this really quick and then I will, you know. Well, because I guess this is interesting. Well, because he's been in like Lego movie you, and Mega Mind. So I, I'm only choosing between movies that where he's like a central part like a star, of rather yeah, okay. rather than rather than a feature. Okay. Cause because I'm pretty sure the Lego movie budget. Oh shit ass. The Lego movie budget was sixty million. Damn. That's, that is lower than I would have yeah, thought. Yeah. That's a pretty the stacked bl- cast. The Blades of Glory budget was sixty two million. Great <laughs> film, by the way. Phenomenal. Not as good as Lego movie. Mm, debatable. Oh Jesus Christ. I love I, I I'm a I like recent feral not as much but like that frame of feral I'm a sucker for the other guys is also one of my favorite movies ever made seems like we need to do a Will Ferrell themed yeah. thing here yeah, I think I mean do. I think just a feral conversation would be fascinating because there are people who hate him who yeah. think his comedy is awful and I'm just not in that boat yeah no so, you guys were correct. Land of the Lost is his most expensive at one hundred million. Second is Talladega Nights. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. Cars. Yeah. And then third is Blades of Glory at sixty-two million. Mm. We would never gotten Blades of Glory without Napoleon Dynamite. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, it's true. God, I for- well, this has been a fun little dive into this, the cost of things. This has, just like, I, I would be interested. Go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say comparing, like you know, you know, looking at Shaun of the Dead 2000. What else got made on a sa- on the same budget or mm-hmm. a smaller or bigger budget? Like, arguably, some of those movies I liked a lot worse than Shaun of the Dead, and they got made for the amount of budget or. Yeah, no. Or the opposite, it got made for a tenth of the budget, and I liked it just the same. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting to know that kind of stuff. I would be. I think we should kind of do. Depending on you know, if we pick movies from the same year, I would be interested to kind of do. We hit a new yeah. year with a movie. We should do. It's, you know, maybe not super recent stuff if we do them, but right, movies right. maybe from like 2010 back. I think it'd be interesting yeah. to kind of do that stuff. So, I'm, I'm super into doing that. I'd yeah. say let's add that on to the. Let's tack that on to the end of our. Yeah. Yeah, end of our list of stuff is is if we if we're picking a semi older movie, let's look at same year mm-hmm. budgets and gross and yeah. stuff like that. Deep dive into the uh, financial end of things. Yeah. So, okay. I feel like we're at a uh, a point <laughs> to wrap this up point. here. I yeah. would say. Would you guys agree? I would agree. We haven't talked about Shaun of the Dead in about forty five minutes. <laughs> and- I think it's and we hit the end of this. It kind of indirectly ties to it, though. You know, it's yeah. Uh, no, that's true. It's um, airing budgets to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, gives you a frame of reference, honestly. So yeah. it's um, yeah. Okay. 
Oh, I don't have anything else. I um, I don't. Do we want to just wrap it here? Is this a good spot? You'd say. This is a good spot. This is a good Michael, spot. Do you want to? Do you want to do your thing? You want to introduce it? Oh well, yeah. So I had the idea that, well, if we all kind of went around at the end of the podcast, if we had something we felt like recommend, I don't think we like. You don't have to force yourself to come up with something to recommend. But I thought it'd be cool to just be like, oh, I've been listening to this album. Oh, I, we just wrapped up on the season of this show, and we really like. And n- nothing we're ever going to review, just like tossing out a final like recommendation at the end. I thought that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with all that said, I kind of grappled back and forth an album and a TV show. Um, so I'm going to cheat and I'm going to do both. Um, so, uh, right off the bat, I, we just wrapped up watching, um, Yellow Jackets on Mm. Showtime. And I would say that's a really good watch. It's, it's like coming of age slash suspense slash mystery. It's, it's fun. It's a fun watch. I've not uh, heard a single bad word about that show, yeah. and like literally every time I've heard it, is it's just like, why aren't you watching Yellow Jacket yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good, and I, I recommend it. It was a really good watch. Uh, it's got a bit of gore to it, so if you're sensitive to guts, it's probably not for you. Um, and then for album, I've been really hyped up on uh, this album called Be the Cowboy by an artist named Mitski. Um, ironically, she, the album recommended after I was listening to Bo Burnham's Inside. Uh, it is not a comedy album. It is 100% just good music, sad girl music. Uh, and funnily enough, once I listened to it, like Spotify started saying, uh, Micah, here's your here's your playlist recommend Sad Girl Saturday. <laughs> and so but it's yeah, it's a really sense. good album. Uh twenty eighteen Mitsuki album, Be the Cowboy. That's my recommendation along with Yellow Jackets for show. So that was my idea. We just kinda we pitched something we've been listening or watching. Recommend it. If you guys can chip in or you don't have Jared, you got anything? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go next, and then that way you can end whenever you want to finish up with your thing, and then I can't hold you hostage. Uh, Ozark. Oh, um, yeah. we just finished Ozark too. That was so Ozark funny. is. I every season this show comes out, I have this debate with my brother on if it is the best show on television. Um, and I think that's a very hard thing to truly judge just because tv nowadays is just it's so widespread and there's so much good mm. out. um but yeah ozark uh i it's they're only doing the first part of the last season because this is the final season so there are going to be more episodes once you finish this episode that's something to keep in mind it's also good to keep in mind that this is the series finale um that you'll be watching but if you haven't watched any of Ozark, dive in. Um, I watched season three straight. I spent a Saturday watching 10 hours of TV 
straight in my bed. Uh, I still remember exactly where I was doing it. I think Ozark is the perfect show. I love Jason Bateman because the rest of development and all that stuff. Laura Linney is in it. Uh, Julia Garner, I think this is her like breakout role. And before this, the what I'd seen her in was like We Are the Electric Children or whatever that movie. She was is. also she was in the Netflix show Maniac. Oh, I never saw Maniac. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, um, uh, she she was a a B roll, but she was she was good in that. Okay, okay. Uh, it's also got one of the dudes from Power in it. I forget his uh, name in real life, but like it's just all around a perfect show. Um, I will talk to you about Ozark any day of the week you just ask me and i'll do it so that is my recommendation go watch ozark it is perfect i rubber stamp that as well i love that my suggestion michael will give this a big rubber stamp and jared's going to give this a big eye roll but what i'm going to (laughs) suggest is taskmaster and i've been talking (laughs) the absolute shit out of the show but i promise you i promise you i Mike, Micah can attest to this. He was right. He's like, you got to watch Taskmaster. And I sat on it for so I sat on it for too long. And then I was finally shown a particular clip and I was like, oh, okay. And then Amber and I just decided one day we just, we sat, we started watching it. And then that was, that was all we fucking wrote. I think what I would recommend for people is to start, not start with season one and these seasons one through nine or eight are on YouTube. So Free, yeah. Yep. So f- just dive in. But I think what I would do is I would start with probably season four. I feel like season four starts off great. And I think it gives you a good sense of what the show's about. Cause I think the first couple seasons they're finding their groove, but taskmaster, I, I, I know you're fucking annoyed with me bringing this up as much as I do, Jared, but I, I think about the show all the time and it's so funny and it's so great. And I know I can see Micah's big smile because I know he fucking loves it. And he's told me so many times how happy he is that I'm we... I'm so fucking happy. Yeah. Aaron and I discovered it at the start of the pandemic to, by total accident because we had just we had been obsessed with James A. Caster. And so it was at the start of the pandemic. And so it was just like, let's look up what James A. Caster And it's like, oh, he appeared on the show... Uh, oh, he did an episode of Great British Bake Off for uh, chair, for cancer or whatever. Oh, he did this weird show called Taskmaster. Check it out. So we literally just Googled it, and it was like, oh, it's like, oh, cool. So we watched, like, two episodes, and we, were, we both were like, this is fucking hysterical. And then just, like, yeah, just fell straight forward into it. And then I've been recommending it to everybody for two years. And Sean is the only person who's listened to me. <laughs> and I, I, I genuinely regret that we sat on it for so long because I enjoyed it. Like the way that you, yeah. the way that you were describing sitting, and I'm like comparing Ozark and Taskmaster is not the same fucking thing. Right, so this is right. not it's something I need to compare. But like we would just, it's just a good, lighthearted watch that's so funny and it's it's so easy and it's so funny it's just it's it's the lightheartedness that i think was very needed when i needed it and um it's opened me i've i've learned so many other comedians and whatnot from the uk and i love that for it um absolutely it's been 
it's been an absolute genuine joy. Like Amber and I finished what we could on YouTube and then we're like, well, I don't know what to watch. And we literally just started season one again. I was like, fuck. And it was like fresh. Cause I forgot the tasks and shit, you know? And yeah. it's just good. I, I, and I know you're rolling your eyes and I know you're smirk is saying, Sean, shut the fuck up about taskmaster. But Jared, I'm telling you, you're going to sit Jared, there one day. I have, I have not watched it out of pure spite. I know. I, how often I, you brought I, it I know. Up. I told Amber, I was like, I bet you Jared's not watching it. Cause I talk about it too much. And I can, <laughs> you know what? And I completely get that. I completely understand that. And I'm waiting for the day where you one day say, you know, like, all right, Sean said season four, I'll dive, I'll, tr- I'll give it a whirl and you're going to sit. It'll, and, it'll be years from now. You and I will be like set in our seventies, just hanging out and I'll probably be like, so I watched Taskmaster the other day. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to sit there and go, motherfucker. He was right. And I'm going to say, he was right. I I'm loved gonna, it. I'm going to go, Jared, man, don't, don't sleep on this. Like I did, but, but yes, Taskmaster, anyone listening so to this good. Taskmaster, it's a great show. Uh, it's in the realm. I think what I would compare it to is like whose line over here in the U.S. It's just kind of like a game show kind of thing. It's just fun. It's funny as hell. It's so great. You won't regret it, even though Jared's not going to watch it for 30, 40 fucking years or whatever. So it's fine. But I'll take I'm, it. I'm literally, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to go watch it. Like that's <laughs> that's how I just you bringing up. I'm just like, oh, God, I miss it. Yeah. Go watch it. Yep. I'm going to go. Uh, I Before I watch Friends Dishpatch, I'm going to do my daily uh, Sunday or my, I guess my weekly Sunday programming loop with, you know, Righteous Gemstones, Euphoria, oh, just, all that mm, stuff. Mm. We still need to watch tonight's Righteous Gemstones, but we just finished. Uh, last week's Righteous Gemstones. Very good. You're very eight, good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Do, do your HBO uh, watch throughs. Yeah. My, my prime. My prime time prestige watches. Yeah. What's I love Peacemaker. What? Watching Peacemaker. Oh yeah. I just. I just watched uh, last week's before we came that, on. It's very that good. Fucking intro, man. It is. Oh yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> I. I go around my house randomly, just screaming. Do you? Do you really want to do it? Yeah, oh, man. this that's is like the uh, best intro of any show this is like I love you man he's like have you ever watched primetime HBO on Sunday it's fantastic yeah. it is fantastic it's phenomenal <laughs> it's fantastic no one does it better it's chocolate no it's chocolate okay it's chocolate it's not chocolate Showtime tried but Showtime has only ever been able to put like one quality show out at a time mm-hmm. that's it nobody else has been able to put out as much quality as HBO They're on out. as consistent of a basis yeah I mean People would argue that Netflix is the powerhouse, but HBO is real fucking close. And Showtime point. has to take uh, their actors from HBO. Most like if you ever watch like a good Showtime drama, there's a really good chance fifty percent of the actors that are on that screen got their start in some kind of HBO show. This yeah. is how yeah. it works. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I mean, if you can, if you ever get the chance to like afford HBO, because I know it is an extra charge. Um, like if you ever just wanted to pay for a month and just dive in you are absolutely going to get your money's worth you get your money's worth just watching the wire alone mm. um i mean they, yeah i think hbo max is worth it for sure yeah mm-hmm. i mean i i forget band of brothers and not like i love band of brothers and all that all the world war ii stuff is fascinating to me so i kind of for, i always forget about that era of tv with hbo yeah. and it's still like there the, yeah the fact that you get the archives too with your access to hbo um, and all the older shows. Mm-hmm. It is really fun to go back and like see where people that we know as household names yeah. like got their start on those shows. Like, you know, you look at like uh like I mean Six Feet Under yeah. has a bunch of people in it. Yeah. Um, Deadwood has a bunch of people in mm-hmm. it. Uh 
uh, I would say Westworld is also worth the money. Maybe not the later seasons, but like early Westwood, phenomenal. Or Westworld, phenomenal. Yeah, like it's just you can't beat HBO's TV. No, it's still undefeated. Yeah, I 100% disagree about Westworld. I think it's a terrible show. Oh, you think all of it's terrible, including season one? This is a discussion wow. for another time. This is this is yeah. This is a great <laughs> point to end on. I I that's my hot take. Is I everybody else disagrees with me, but season season one of Westworld, I hate it. Pretty good. Probably why. Pretty good show. There we go. We could do like some after dark episodes or something. I, I mean, we're already in it's dark out. Like, whatever. Like random topics like that kind of thing after dark episode where it's just 30 minutes of me cursing at micah about how he's talking about westworld yeah yeah i i would i would anthony hopkins how dare you yeah i would moderate those that'd be fun that'd be good we'll think about it we'll sit on it i don't know you know whatever all right i'm gonna wrap this up now because we're we're hitting two fucking hours on this i remember (laughs) we wanted to do like 45 to an hour we literally fucking doubled it so but this was good. I feel like there was a lot of good discussions in this one. And it's and it was yeah. interesting from a financial standpoint with movies and also talking about movies we like. So but uh yeah. but my God, everyone, thank you. If you're still here watching, I appreciate you all so much. Um love you all dearly. All of the info, if you're listening to us right now, it's all in the infos, all of our socials and things like that. Uh be sure to check us out there. Um, we will be posting in the Discord. Jared will be putting four movies down to vote on for next week. So make sure you join that if you would like to uh, vote for what we watch next. Um, but yeah. We'll be submitting those as soon as we go off. Yes. So make sure you join the Discord. Vote. Tell us what we're watching next. But uh, yeah. Until next time, everyone. We'll, uh, we'll see you then. Yeah, that's all I got. Bye. Bye, everybody. You're so good. So good.